In 2016, a spree of killings shocked San Diego's homeless community. Some were attacked with railroad spikes and others burned alive. The killer, John David Guerrero, has been now brought to justice and will serve consecutive life terms in prison. However, Guerrero's mental illness created a number of challenges for the legal system and played a part in his final sentencing. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Terry Figueroa, you're a member of the public safety team at the San Diego Union-Tribune. And first, can you recap exactly what happened in 2016? Can you give us a refresher on these series of killings that occurred in the summer of that year? So there was what a prosecutor would later come to say was um, 18 days of of terror, essentially, in the community. Um, In uh, late June, um, there was an attack. There was a couple of attacks on on folks um, in the homeless community in in and around downtown uh, uh, Ocean Beach, North Park. And uh, uh, in early July a man was found dead and he had been, someone had, and this is graphic. So (laughs) if there's kids around, please, I'll give you a second. This is graphic. Someone had pounded a railroad spike into him um, and set him on fire. Uh, A couple of days later, or the next day, um, they found again, similar situations, um, two people, um, and they knew pretty quickly that, that they had a, a, a real bad series on their hands. Um, before it was all over, they had four people dead. Um, three of them were homeless men who had been impaled with railroad spikes. Um, two of them had been set on fire. Uh, there would be a, a fourth victim who was a woman, um, who was walking to a bus stop. She was headed to her volunteer job at the YMCA in North Park. And she uh, she was struck over the head, uh, fell to the fell down and suffered a, a skull fracture and, and died a couple weeks later. Um, this had the community on high alert. The, the uh, homeless folks, especially in downtown San Diego, everyone was keenly aware that there was something very bad happening um, in the community. Police um, were also very, very aware. There were warnings, don't sleep alone, because a lot of these attacks were happening to people who were sleeping. So there was definitely a coordinated, we need to get this guy effort. Um, Early on, gosh, I want to say a couple of days after the first killing, um, there was an arrest made. It turned out to be not the right person. Um, But later on, after the last attack, I want to say it was mid-July, Harbor Police heard a man crying for help, kind of a, a weak cry, and they found him, and he had also had a railroad spike pounded into his face. Um, they immediately, obviously, knew that this had just happened, and because they had been prepared, they were there was already um, a fast move to get a dragnet real quick. And they were able to stop a guy on his bike riding through Bankers Hill. The guy on the bike had the same hat that they'd seen in earlier um, surveillance video. So they were able to put it together and uh, made this arrest. And when they arrested this man, he had blood on his clothing. 
and railroad spikes and a mallet in his backpack. And his name was John David Guerrero. Uh, this was back in 2016. His arrest put an end to this just bizarre, bizarre series of attacks on really the most vulnerable people who were homeless, people who were sleeping. Um, and there wasn't just the attacks on, on those folks who died. There was four folks who died. There were nine other people who were assaulted. Some were just whacked on the head by a guy on a bike. Um, others had also had a railroad spike. Um, and uh, one later died a couple of years later. His was his case was not among the murders that they that they counted in this. But this was definitely a case that really rocked people. I mean, this was clearly horrifying. Hmm. And after his arrest, uh, how far were police able to get to understand like a motive and what drove him to attack these people? Because mental illness does play a part in this. Uh, can you kind of untangle that a little bit for us? You know, it's um, as far as a motive, the only hint that we've ever really gotten in this one is as it turned out, there was all of those series of attacks in the summer. But back in February of 2016, a homeless man had been attacked. He'd been stabbed in the face as he slept on a, a loading dock in East Village. And he woke up to find, you know, this assailant, fought him off, chased him down, um, asked him, why did you do this to me? He's a complete stranger. Why did you do this to me? And the answer was, because you're a bum. Continued to fight with the guy. The assailant slashed him and got away. But it turned out that the assailant had dropped a flashlight at the scene and police were able to later link the DNA from that flashlight to John Guerrero. Um, so that really, because you're a bum, is the only uh, sense that we've gotten of, of why. But but Mr. Guerrero has a, a long history of, of mental illness. Um, from my understanding, he's been diagnosed as schizophrenic. Um, a lot of his mental illness really started really catching up to him, or that's not really the right term, um, revealing itself, showing itself um, when he was about 22, from what I understand. Um, my colleagues have, have done a lot of reporting on this as well. In fact, uh, uh, the, the woman who, who covered the bulk of this case has since retired, that was Pauline Ruppert, and, and I stepped in to cover the, uh, the sentencing. But um, his mental illness, played a role. I mean, he was arrested in 2016. He didn't even enter a, a, his guilty plea. It, the case did not go to trial. It went to a preliminary hearing, which is where a, a judge says, yes, there's enough evidence to go on to a trial. And at that trial, uh, preliminary hearing, um, some of the victims testified. Um, but his case never went to trial. He pleaded guilty early on, or not early on, but before it hit trial. Um, he had spent time at uh, Patton Mental, uh, Patton State Hospital, which is a mental um, hospital or in San Bernardino. And um, that was because they were trying to determine whether or not he was competent to even stand trial. Um, and it would turn out that, and his defense attorney said this yesterday during the, the, the sentencing hearing, his, his mother had, I think he said, for years and years and years, or the words he used, had been a, a voice screaming in the wind trying to get someone to help her son. 
um, clearly knowing that there was there was mental illness and, and just begging anyone who would listen. Um, and he did spend a lifetime in and out of institutions and, and jail. At the time of the killing, he was living in an apartment in East Village, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's worth noting that, you know, it's incredibly rare that someone with mental illness, you know, commits a crime in this sort of way. This is kind of one of those examples of, you know, lightning striking twice in a sense in which in most cases people with mental illness are the victims of crime, not the perpetrators. Yeah. But obviously someone who is a diagnosed schizophrenic that makes it difficult to have a full trial and go along the usual ways of, you know, figuring out how to serve justice. So how did that play into the sentencing? Because that was the reason why he is not eligible for the death penalty, right? Well, what happened was um, he could have entered a plea. I mean, his attorneys certainly could have considered entering a plea of, of um, uh, not guilty by reason of insanity. And what that would do, not, that was not the case in this particular case, but what that would do is um, if the defendant was found to have been insane at the time of the killings, then the person would be sent to a state hospital, state mental hospital for treatment, um, not to prison. And for what happened with Mr. Guerrero is his plea was just a regular guilty plea and he will go to prison as opposed to a state mental hospital. In this particular case, because there were multiple killings, the district district attorney's office um, did file what's called special circumstances. And that would have allowed them to uh, pursue a death penalty, but they had not yet made that decision public or announced whether or not they were going to do that um, before Mr. Guerrero ultimately pleaded guilty. So while it is a multiple murders case and it had that potential to be a death penalty case, it, it never got to that point where the district attorney said they were pursuing it. They instead accepted the guilty plea. And he got four life terms with life in prison without the possibility of parole. On top of that, he got another 56 or so years to life. Um, and on top of that, he got was 87 years or something um, of determinate time. So he got four life terms without the possibility of parole and like 140 plus years to life. So he's got quite a lengthy sentence. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And throughout uh, this whole process, um, did his lawyers or did Guerrero ever speak out as to, you know, explaining their, their uh, you know, thinking besides, you know, why they chose what they chose or were they kind of silent throughout the whole thing? You know, I, I parachuted in a little bit. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure of, of that portion of it. My, my colleague that has uh, covered it has since retired, but um, I mean, clearly anytime that you have um, a defendant who has such known mental illness problems that, that has, that always plays into, well, every case, every decision, um, and, you know, his, his attorney even said at the sentencing hearing yesterday that, you know, he is mentally ill. There is no one who doubts that Mr. Guerrero is, is mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. It raises a lot of questions of, you know, could have this been prevented? But, you know, unless there's more investment in mental health care and supports, it's, you know, kind of a question of just, you know, it's, it's a tragic thing that happens. There's not much that could have been done, I suppose. It's, it's it's an incredibly tragic story. Um, 
and the it, it just it really shook the community, especially the, the homeless community. They, there was definitely a real sense of, of concern that there was someone going around attacking them while they were sleeping. So. Mm, certainly. I imagine, uh, you know, they were probably following this case, but it, it's a, a sigh of relief just to see that this process is finally completed and this dark chapter can finally be closed. You know, the prosecutor at the sentencing said that for some of the victims that she'd been in contact with, um, that this, this really was a bit of closure for them. Not, you know, there, there's no such thing as real closure in all of these things, but that this gave them some, some sense of relief that, that mm. this was over and, and done. Mm. And, and it was pretty awful. I mean, some of the victims, you know, one was left blind in one eye. It, it, it was, these were horrifying attacks. Mm. Certainly. Terry Figueroa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you want to include the San Diego Union Tribune in your morning routine, check out our daily flash briefing. Every weekday morning, hear a quick summary of the day's top stories. Just search San Diego Union Tribune wherever you get your podcasts, including smart speakers. Until next time.